0: Said, "I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yeal lambs and wean pigs and tend to pink foam pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadow So God made a farmer. Hello, and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host Harold Thornbrough, and glad you're back with me again this week. And got a good one for you today, I think, uh, especially if you've ever. Thought about preparing for uh, just whatever you know. If you're, I'm not talking really about prepping or any kind of doomsday prepping today. I'm just talking about uh, just having the things around the house that you might need. So we're going to talk today about uh, building your very own homestead hardware store. I think being prepared is important. I think keeping supplies around the homestead is necessary, and that's why I want to talk about that today. And but I also think there's a fine line between being prepared and being a hoarder and and you know i think that distinction can be clearly drawn uh by keeping things in stock that you might actually use around your homestead from time to time so we're going to talk a little bit about that but before we jump into all that uh let's just talk a little bit about what's been going on around here on the homestead lately uh planned on butchering rabbits uh, last weekend and i had a little uh i had a little problem with some sick rabbits the ones i was getting ready to butcher a couple of them got real sick i actually lost one uh pretty sure it was coccidiosis um i didn't open it up and look at the liver but i took care uh of the others and and they were kind of not doing too good for a few days but they're back and they're looking strong i gave them the treatment of apple cider vinegar you know i I wasn't i'd gotten away from that Uh, putting apple cider vinegar in their water kind of went back to doing that and i went in there and kind of scrubbed their cages out with a little bit of bleach water and just kind of killed any bacteria cleaned their water bottles and their feeders up real good Uh, Let everything dry real good, got them back in there. And um, they seem like they're doing pretty good now, so I I think that it it took care of it. Um, I had a bout with that, oh, a couple years ago when I was uh, colony-raising rabbits. And they were on the ground, and it seemed like it was just, it it got, it it was pretty bad, actually. I lost a few rabbits over it, and I thought, oh, no, here we go again. But uh, they seem to have pulled through, and they're doing well, so I'll give them another few days, and I'll process those rabbits. Um, I also built a rabbit processing station I took. A saw a horse and kind of made a, uh, like a little portable, uh, processing station out of it. So that was kind of handy. Um, well, I tell you what, I've been working a lot of hours at the day job and that's been really cutting into the, uh, the homesteading, <laughs> uh, activities, but you know, that's a common homesteader problem for anybody that, uh, also works, uh, a full-time job and homesteads on the side. So, you know, it's nothing that's, uh, uncommon for for homesteaders to struggle with or deal with but i'm and i'm no different you know i've been putting in a lot of hours for the day job still doing a lot of seed saving um my uh, second cucumber crop is coming on real strong i I planted some cucumbers and they're binding up real good and producing some cucumbers already and see what else have i been doing around here i'm actually building a podcast studio in a corner of my garage because uh, well, the house is getting kind of loud these days. It's getting uh, it's getting less frequent that I can sit down here at the computer at when it's quiet in the house because we got grandkids and we have one grandkid, another one going to be here in um, in a few weeks. And uh, yeah, we're I mean, we have them a lot in the evening on the weekends, and it really it's hard to have a hour or two of quiet in the house. And that's fine. I, I love spending time with them, but there's just there's got to be those times where I can get away from them and record a podcast or do do a video or something like that as well. So putting a little uh, putting a little studio together in my garage, and uh, I should be ready here in a few weeks and have it all hooked up and ready to go and everything moved out there to where I can do things out there. So uh, that'll be nice. Um, well, that's about it. I mean, you know, just still tending the gardens, tending the animals, doing a little bit of preserving and and. uh uh, a lot of cooking, <laughs> but, uh, that's the homestead. That's what's happening here at the small town homestead. Uh, how about some homestead relevant news again this week? I found a couple great articles this week and I wanted to turn you on to them. One, the title is floating food forest, uh, docked in New York at one of the largest food deserts. And, uh, this was a really interesting article. They took a barge and, um, uh, made a floating food forest out of it. Um, it has swell, It has. it's planted with, uh, uh, let me see if I can look this up, see some of the things it has on it. I, I definitely encourage you to go and look at this, uh, look up the link in the show notes um, and check this out. It's pretty cool. Um, and what I found really remarkable about it was the ordinance in New York City bars food from being grown, picked, or foraged on public parkland. Uh, it's intended to stop practices that could damage the city landscape or cause harm to anyone eating food that may not be clean. <laughs> they parked this thing right along some public uh, ground, and uh, it's like I said, it's a sweat. They built a swale on the top of this barge, and it's, it has a pathway through it. And uh, I can't can't find some of the things that are being grown in it. It's in the article somewhere. Oh, okay, they're growing a lot of uh, cooking ingredients like cilantro, basil, tomatoes. Uh, things like that. Um, yeah, they got quite a bit going on there. It's just a neat little. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a good sized barge, and and they've brought in the soil and and created a a garden, you know. And it's something you can walk through. It's got, a, like I said, it's got a pathway and stuff. It's pretty neat, and I think it's pretty. Uh, you know, the foolishness of being not being able to grow food in the city and stuff, where you know, and where they're at, it's just crazy. But they found a way around that. And I think it's pretty cool. Uh, the other article I wanted to tell you about was uh titled Atlanta's First Food Forest aims to increase access to fresh produce. And this was a uh, this was pretty neat um it's in Atlanta, Georgia and it's a 7-acre green space there in town in an urban area and um man it's really cool. They got a lot of uh, nut trees and fruit trees and and shrubs and and just a lot of uh food growing in this this food forest they've created. And um I think it's just fascinating. It says it's a pilot project supported by a US Forest Service grant. And I think that's pretty cool. It sounds like they're really putting that money to good use, you know, and like a lot of other things, but their hope is that the that the food forest will give surrounding residents more ways to access fruits and vegetables. And I think that's pretty cool. I mean, they're they're really using this land and creating an, an actual food forest right in, in an urban area, seven acres of it. So pretty cool. Check out that article, too, if you'd like. I have both of those articles uh, linked up in the show notes, which you can find at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 67. Um how about on the Homestead Front Porch this week? If you're new to the podcast you don't know what our Homestead Front Porch is, it's our Facebook group. We have about almost uh, nearly 20,000 people in there now. It's quite a group. Uh, and every week or uh, every time I do a podcast, I ask a question here recently for the group for the podcast to answer. And, and this week's question was, on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is preparedness or prepping to you? And what are you currently doing that you would consider prepping? And had a great response uh, in this uh, this thread. Uh, there was a lot of people that I mean, right off the bat, there was a lot of sevens, and I mean, there was fives and threes, and and a couple tens even. Uh, I mean, there was a lot where people were ranking the importance of it, and uh, just really neat um, to see folks. Preparing for for unseen circumstances, and I'm not talking about doomsday preppers. As a matter of fact, one person in, in this thread didn't like the word preparedness or prepping, and they, they they chimed up a couple times about that, and they just wanted to call it self sufficiency or self sufficient living. And I agree with that to an extent, but I mean preparedness. It's what the word means. It's being prepared. Um, it doesn't now. The doomsday preppers have kind of taken it and 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 turned it into something different, but it's really just about being prepared for whatever's coming. A bad winter, you know, a loss of electricity electricity um you know uh, no access to water i mean you're just being prepared for whatever a job loss that may make us so you can't afford food or or even putting money in the bank i mean we we see so uh, there were so many good uh, examples of what preparedness looks like and what people said they were doing like water store right off the bat we had water storage gas storage a generator setup maintenance um, wood stoves uh, just honing their skills solar setups um A lot of things, a lot of people, of course, everybody, a lot of them are are putting away food for the winter and canning and preserving that way. Um, And, of course, your big ones are going to be food, water, heat. You know, those are going to be your big ones, uh, providing shelter, things like that. But I've always felt like uh, homesteading, anybody who's a homesteader... Is working towards preparedness. Not every prepper is a homesteader, of course, but because you can just go to the grocery store and load up on canned goods and shove them under your bed. But I feel like every homesteader, whether they want to admit it or not, is a prepper. I mean, you're prepping, preparing for the unforeseen thing, the 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 worse than normal winter, or the you know, like I said, the the loss of electricity, or you know, a job loss, or anything like that. I mean, you just don't know what's around the corner. And when you're putting stuff up, I mean, you're preparing. You're preparing for whatever, you know? And, um, and so I think most every, I'm going to say every homesteader, every true homesteader, somebody who's seeking to, to live a homesteading lifestyle is a prepper to some degree. Uh, maybe a few people would disagree, uh, with that, but uh, I feel like it's, uh, it's true. Um, but there was a lot of people, I think, uh, see, um, there was a couple people that definitely won the day. <laughs> Kimberly Owens-White. She, she's one of the moderators in our group. And, uh, yeah, she she laid out all the things she was doing. I want to read her thread because they're really um, doing great. She says it's an eight or nine for her, the importance. And it says, we are working on total sufficiency and have come a long way in two years. We raise pigs, chickens, cows, goats, Um Uh, Pyrenees, I guess dogs. We have a generator that will run the house. Well, and septic wood stove that heats our house. And we can also cook on it. Our stove and fridge are pilot light only propane appliances. We have a ringer to do laundry and oil lamps for lighting hand pump. Well, for emergency water, uh, I'm working on building a year supply of food in my pantry room. Our house and all of our cars and equipment are paid off. We have a garden, although we are uh, learning every year with that. I am studying herbal medicines and emergency medical care for us and our livestock. <laughs> I thought that was that's pretty good. I mean, that that's about, I mean, that that's, what more could you ask for in being prepared? When you're doing all those things, you're prepared for a lot of things. You really are. Um, the only thing I would say it's missing there is if, your homestead itself is compromised having a plan to leave the homestead if you have to you know uh, some kind of a bug out plan get away from things if i mean if something strikes the homestead itself where a lot of those things are yeah, just they don't they don't do you any good they're there you know so it's it i would say having a plan also to leave the homestead and and with those kind of uh with those kind of uh plans and and preparedness the uh, things that uh that she's doing there i'm sure that's probably in her um list as well she just probably didn't mention it there but you know that's something you got to think about in preparedness too there i mean we see that sometimes we see that with hurricanes we see with tornadoes striking an area we see you know bad weather events that may cause you leave we see forest fires i mean these things sometimes people have to leave their homesteads so being prepared to do that as well is maybe one thing there to add on top of all that but yeah i mean That's, that's a great example of preparedness. And a lot of people had similar things to say, but I think she had about the most complete list in in all those in the entire thread. But I would encourage you to go and check out that thread. I'll have a link to that thread in the show notes, uh, for anybody who's in the homestead front porch. If you're not just, uh, click that link and then just join the group. We'd love to have you in there. You do get asked a couple questions when you, uh, uh, request to join, uh, answer yes to those. and We'll get you right in there. Um, How about let's just get on to our main topic of discussion today, building your own homestead hardware store. And I just want to give you a list of a few things that I think are a good idea to have around for everyday use and occasional emergencies. I, I hate having to run, drop what I'm doing and run to a hardware store to get something simple. I like to keep these things on hand. And in, in a bad weather event like wintertime, you know, you have a lot of snow or whatever and something breaks because it's been my experience. If something's going to break in your house, that's when it's going to break. Or something's going to break on your homestead anywhere or water lines or whatnot. These things happen in the wintertime or happen when, when it's bad out and you, you're not in a great position to run and get something. So I like to keep a bunch of stuff around that just that's convenient. And like I said, I'm not talking about hoarding here. I'm talking about uh, keeping things you'll actually use or that there's a high possibility that you could use them. So uh, let's just talk about a few of those things to build your own hardware store. And I believe in being really organized when it comes to this stuff too. So you don't, you're able to find it when you need it quickly. Um, I think it's good to have an assortment of screws around, you know, there, you just never know what kind of screw you need, wood screws, metal screws, um, different uh, sizes, and then, of course, washers, nuts, things like that. Have a nice screw assortment uh, to be able to um, – well, it be screws and bolts, of course, because I'm saying nuts and washers and all those things. But um, having screws and a nut and bolt assortment so you can be prepared for things that break like that or you just lose a screw or whatever and if something needs a bolt put in it, you have that. I think those are great things to keep around. You can buy kits that are kind of an assortment already. Uh, I'll put some links to some stuff like this in the show notes. There'll be links probably for all this stuff in the show notes. You can just buzz in there, check it out. Um, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. But little assortment kits. Um, just keep a random sizes and, and whatnot of those things: nuts, bolts, screws. Um, I think having a assorted zip ties is very important. I like the heavy duty ones myself, but uh, those little ones are you know they come in handy for little things. I mean, or sometimes it's a little zip ties all you need. Uh, hold some wires together or something like that. But those, there's some really heavy-duty zip ties that can actually replace a bolt. I mean, they're so, they're so heavy that you could run them through a, you know, if a bolt came out of something, you could actually zip tie it together and hold it um, nearly as good as a bolt. So having some good heavy zip ties, even some small ones, just an assortment of, of all kinds of zip ties. I think they're just an extremely valuable thing to have on your homestead. Also think having an assortment of, of nails, have all kinds of nails. You might want some roofing nails. You might want some spikes. Of course, you might have a uh, uh, little finishing nails. I mean, they're just a whole different lengths and, and, and gauges sizes of, of, uh, of nails you might need. And then again, you can get those in, in an assorted kit as well. If you don't want to buy them individually. I will say this though, if you're going to uh, buy them uh, at one size at a time individually, sometimes you can find things on sale, and you can actually build your uh, your homestead hardware store a little slower and um, buy things you know in bulk, cheap, and um, you know build it a little cheaper. I think another great thing to keep around is a tube or two of gasket maker. I think it's just pretty handy um, if something you know ever gives way. This stuff can can help you make do to replace a gasket until you can get another gasket. So I think having some uh, uh, Permatex RTV silicone gasket maker is what I usually keep around. It's good stuff. It's like a black um, gasket maker, and it'll just it'll seal things up. Um, I'll tell you something that's came on the scene in the last few years that I'm very fond of, and that's Gorilla Glue. I think it has just a ton of emergency applications. And I can't even hardly imagine not having that stuff around if something breaks. I mean, you can bond wood together. You can, I mean, you can you can use it on a lot of stuff, and it works. It works very good. And um, I tell you, I the before gorilla before I ever really came became aware of gorilla glue, I became aware of gorilla tape, and that's what really won me over to the gorilla products. Um, everybody always has duct tape around. Well, once I used gorilla tape for the first time. I, have, I don't know that I've ever bought just regular old duct tape any ever since. Now, it's kind of expensive. It's definitely more expensive than regular duct tape. But let me tell you, just an example of what this stuff can do. Um, I used to uh, pull uh, flatbed semis, uh, and we had what's called a covered wagon. You have the big tarp over the top like, a, like the old-time covered wagons. Well, you know, those things will get tears in them occasionally. You're sliding them back and forth. They kind of wear holes in them and get holes in them. Well, you know, there's companies out there that will come and patch those tarps because these are really heavy duty tarps. They're very thick. I mean, they'll last for years and years and years on a semi going 70 mile an hour down the road. So they're really good tarps, really heavy duty. And there's patch kits that you can hire people to come out and put these patches on and really seal them up good. Well, I was in a situation where I just was on the road. I really didn't have time to stop and get it properly repaired. I went into a Walmart and I bought a roll of Gorilla Tape. And I thought, man, it probably won't hold. I'm going to give it a go. I wiped it off real good. I stuck that Gorilla Tape on there. And let me tell you, I think I ran that that tarp for the next three years and never replaced that Gorilla Tape. It stayed on there. It patched just like a tarp patch, like a heavy-duty glued-down tarp patch would do. I was blown away by that. I could not believe it. It never leaked and it never gave way. It never peeled away. And that blew my mind. I mean, it was getting moved back and forth, back and forth every day, you know, and, and flexed every day. And it never gave way. So I became an instant uh, uh, fan of the Gorilla Tape. So I think it's something that I would definitely keep around my property. It's uh, It can definitely seal up, uh, uh, you know, keep something waterproofed even, I mean, to my experience. So... Um, yeah, check out the uh, the gorilla tape. I think it's something you definitely want to keep around. Just keeping around some electrical tape too, I think is real important. You can buy like a six pack roll of that real cheap, and uh, you know maybe you're not the kind of person that would do your own minor electrical work, uh, but maybe you're like me and you do. Maybe there's some you know a wire on a on a you know a, a tractor, or a wire you know on your car or something. You just need to tape around it and protect it, get it back together temporarily. Um, it's nice to have some electrical cord. Maybe, maybe something got frayed. Maybe you ran over a cord with your vacuum cleaner and it got a little Nicky and it got a little frayed. I mean, technically you, you, you know, they would tell you, well, don't ever operate something like that, but I'm telling you, you can put a little electrical tape on it and it's pretty good, you know? Uh, and it keeps you from getting shocked and it keeps further damage uh, from happening to it. So I like to keep some electrical tape around. Um, circular saw blades if you have a circular saw i like to keep a few uh various blades around for the circular saw because uh i just find i need them i I probably it's the only thing is there's only a couple tools that are used more on my homestead than my skill saw or my circular saw probably my pruners and my cordless drill are probably the only tools that get used more around my homestead than a circular saw i i use it i'm always cutting up something always um and you just need it for an assortment of ty- uh, things. You can you can cut metal with it. You can cut uh, stone with it. You can you, know, you there's of uh, of course any kind of wood. Uh, different blades for different jobs. And I keep an assortment of blades for my uh, circular saw around. Uh, if you have a cordless drill, uh, a cordless drill, which you should, uh, keeping extra bits for the cordless drill is real important. Um, I have several uh, sets of, of bits for my cordless drill uh, because bits wear out or they break or you lose them. Um, and again, this is probably my most used uh, tool on my uh, on my homestead. So I think keeping a bunch of extra bits, and you can get sockets, you can get you know screwdriver bits, you can get um, Torx bits. I mean, just every, an assortment of every kind of bit. And I love uh, using my... But don't get the cheap ones because I love using my cordless drill. But if you're getting cheap bits... You're gonna hate it because they're gonna break constantly on you. Uh, I'm gonna put a link in the show notes for a, a set of Milwaukee uh bits, and um, they, they work really well. They're good. Milwaukee's a really good brand, so I, I'll recommend those. I've got a bunch of other good ones too, but that's one I know that's really good. Uh, I think you should keep around uh, extra like fluids, lubes, cleaners, things like that in your in your little hardware store you're building. Uh, take an inventory of all your fluids. The lubes, the cleaners that you use around your homestead, and stock up a little uh, oil, antifreeze, WD-40, hand cleaner, uh, household cleaning items, um, whatever it is you you know that you have around there, whatever it is you use commonly, uh, you should get some extra because those are the things you're you're going to run out of when you least expect it, and then you're going to have to run into town. You're going to have to get them, and you're always going to run out of them when you really need them. That's just the way things work, right? Uh, another thing I think that goes really well in your Homestead uh, hardware store is assorted wires. You can actually buy these wire kits. It's several spools of different gauges of wire, um, several feet of it. Um, and again, you may think you'll never need a piece of electrical wire, but I find myself needing some all the time. I really do. I, I can't even tell many times I've had to fix lights on a trailer Uh, and a piece of wire was needed, you know, Uh, something just wasn't working right. And I had to run a piece of wire, you know, in there. So I like to keep wire around. Maybe you're not mechanical like that. Maybe it's not something that you'd ever use. Then you might not need it. But for me, I like keeping it around because I like to be able to fix things like that. Um, if you're going to have wire, you're probably going to want some assorted electrical connectors. Um, you can get a, like, you know, I buy these like 480 piece assorted sets with all kinds of connectors in them, connecting two wires together, or connecting a wire to a bolt, you know, something like that. Um, they have all kinds of ends on them, all kinds of things. So get you, a, if you're going to use wire, get you an electrical connector kit. Something that's super handy, and I think about everybody would agree with this, that uses a hose around your house, a hose repair kit. Um, you're going to break hoses. It's just the reality of homesteading. If you're using a hose every day to clean stuff off, to water your garden, things like that. Get you keep you a one or two hose repair kits around. Um, your hose is going to break one day, and um, it's going to give up. <laughs> and And it doesn't happen to me often because I buy high quality hoses. But when it does, I'm glad I have the pieces on hand to make a quick fix. And these are pretty inexpensive. You can you can they'll, they're two pieces, and basically you put a, a, one on each part of the hose where it breaks or whatever. You cut the hose, you attach it on each end, you screw it back together. Uh, it's pretty simple, or you can get the kind that slide in the hose, and then you basically have like a couple clamps that you screw down around it. Uh, there's different kinds. Um, there's Some are better than others. Some are more expensive than others because they're better, but get you a couple hose repair kits. They're they're handy to have around, and my guess is even if you have the more expensive garden hoses, you're going to need one one day. Oh, something that I wish I would have had years and years ago, and I got one a couple years ago, was... uh. Everybody needs to keep assorted batteries around, right? I mean, you're you're always needing batteries uh, exactly when you don't have any in the house, right? Well, there's this little organizer that you can buy. It's called a Range Clean Battery Organizer, and it has a removable tester on it. I'll put a link to this product in the show notes because I think this thing is awesome. I love it. I love it. And it's just a little plastic battery holder. And it holds uh, 82 assorted batteries, and it has the tester on it. it holds some nine volts. It holds every size battery, uh, standard batteries. You know, it'll hold the, the triple A's, the double A's, um, of course, the C's, the D. I mean, it holds all the the standard stuff you would need in your house. It holds 82 batteries total, plus it has a battery tester. And these things will slide in a drawer. You can hang them on a wall and have all your batteries right there. Keeps your batteries extremely organized. And what I like about it most is when you start getting low on a battery, you can see it real easy, real clearly in in the uh, organizer, and you know to go pick up some more batteries. Get you one of these. They're great to have around, and you'll never find yourself needing or, you know, to run to a store to get batteries again. If you have smoke detectors, you have remote controls, you have... Um, you know, maybe you're using batteries, uh, you know, in flashlights, things like that, whatever, wherever you're using batteries, you need to have batteries on hand. And these little, these little, uh, organizers are super awesome. They really are. Um, cause in the past it was like thumbing through every little junk drawer in your house, trying to find a battery for your remote. And these things make it great. Let's see what else might you want for your Homestead hardware store? How about tarps and plastic? I think they're kind of a no brainer. Um, I consider these mostly an emergency item, but I also find myself using them in the day-to-day chores of all kinds of things. Um, uh, keep a few tarps around and, and and a roll or two of plastic around because because you can waterproof something. You know, if you have a roof leaking, you have uh, you need to cover up something in your backyard uh, protected from the weather. Uh, and just, uh, th- you know, I'll, I make my soil with them. I, I lay one out and I mi- put all my soil mixtures together and I kind of roll the tarp back and forth and mix all my soils up. And, you know, I'll use that to make my, my potting soils and things. I mean, I use tarps constantly and you'll find you, you're using them too. I use them to cover up my beds in the winter, uh, sometimes depending on what I'm trying to do there. But, um, you know, tarps and plastic are just really handy to have around. You should always have some around. Uh, I think you should have some rope. Um, maybe some different kinds of rope, um, something strong. I mean, like a nylon rope, maybe you want some, some cotton rope. I mean, it just depends on what you think you're, what you might need rope around, but I think having a rope is a, is a good idea. Um, generally a good waterproof rope, something that won't get weak in the, in the rain or whatever is great to have. And there's just a million purposes for rope. <laughs> I mean, it really is. You're going to need some rope, especially if you have tarps, you might want to, you know, something I don't think I even put in my list, but if you're going to tarps, You might want some bungee cords, too. They're really handy um, to have. I'd say get some bungee cords as well. I didn't even have that in the notes, but just sitting here uh, thinking about it, I'm all the time grabbing a bungee cord to hold something down or tie a gate open or, you know, something. I mean, just bungee cords are great to have along with the rope. Um, I keep also uh, quite an assortment of plumbing parts. I have all different kinds of uh, size plumbing in my house. Of course, you got the bigger pipes for your drain pipes. You have the the hot and the cold water pipes are different sizes. I keep all kinds of PVC uh, connectors and end caps. I mean, just the elbows. I have an assortment of plumbing parts. Uh, I keep an extra uh, uh, toilet valve. I I, I keep some shutoff valves in case one of them blows. I have quite an assortment of plumbing parts because... Those things, you know, when those go, I mean, you gotta you gotta act pretty quick on that. So I always keep that around. So get you an assortment of of uh, PVC or, or whatever appropriate plumbing pieces you have in your house. Uh, get the appropriate if you have copper, if you have, um, you know, whatever. If you have the other kinds of, of uh, plumbing, you know, get get the appropriate pieces that could you could fix your your plumbing with. Um, I also keep quite an assortment of lumber around. I always have two by fours, two by sixes, maybe a spare a uh, piece of plywood, um, one by fours. I just have sorted lumber laying around because, man, you just, there's things you need a piece of wood for, you know, there's just these things. You just think, wow, I wish I had a two by four. Well, I have the stack of them out in my garage. So I keep, I keep a nice little stack of lumber around. And I think it's something that you should have if you need to do repairs occasionally around your house or, you know what, sometimes you just want to build something and you don't want to run, have to run to the store. For us, the they did recently last year put a lumber yard in our town, but before that, but it it's way more expensive than going to the the city to get it, a bigger city to to get the lumber. So I very rarely buy lumber there because it costs quite a bit more. I'd rather just make a trip and get a bigger batch of it at once, but we used to have to drive about 25 miles to a lumber store. You know, that takes a lot of your day to run there and back. So you know we're, we'd have one now but maybe you're in that kind of situation where you know it's going to get in a two-by-four can take quite a bit of time out of your day so i say you know keep some keep some spare lumber on hand so there's something just to get you started of course with all these things tools are part of of keeping you know you're gonna have to have the tools to do any of these things but i didn't really want to talk about tools today i wanted to talk about the hardware side of it just keep a few things around maybe you can think Of a ton more things you'd like to have around on your property, and I could probably think of a ton more things too. But I thought this might just get the wheels turning, get you thinking about it, Uh, keeping a few things around your house, and keeping them organized and in a place where you can go and get them when you need them. Because, like I said, when when you need them, it's nice to have them. We don't want to be I don't I don't promote for anybody to be a hoarder or anything like that. But I want things on hand for when I need them and I want to be able to find them. So be organized, get you a few things, do an inventory around your property, suit the kind of things you might need and go get a little stockpile of those things and keep them on hand. I think it's a, I think it's an act of preparedness and I think it just makes your life simpler too. You're not, you're not that person that you, you, we all know that person, right? That doesn't go really grocery shopping. They run to Walmart about six times a week and get a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread and the one or two things they need for dinner that night uh, instead of getting it all in one trip, you know, maybe going two weeks in a row. Um, yeah, you don't need to be like that with your hardware, with the things you need for, for maintenance and repair. Uh, keep a few of those things on hand, and and hopefully this will give you some ideas of some things you might want to pick up. A um, couple things I'll recommend today. First, has to do with what I just talked about. And it's a, it's actually a book. It's the all new illustrated guide to everything sold in hardware stores. It's a, it's a real inexpensive little book. Uh, actually this is one where I would say, don't get the Kindle version. Uh, maybe, well, maybe when you hear this later date, but right now, as I'm looking at it, if you was to get the paperback, uh, version, it's out. Uh, it's actually half the price of the Kindle version, which makes absolutely no sense to me. But, it's real inexpensive right now and that may not be the case if you listen to this in the future but as I'm looking at it right now it's half the price so uh, check out that book because it might give you a lot of ideas of things you might want to get um, in your little hardware store I, I always every time I say that I put quote and put my fingers up with quotes like I'm not really a hardware store of course you're not buying the stuff you know out of your store but but uh, you know you're just building a place, a stockpile of hardware and uh, this would give you a lot of good ideas of things you might want to keep around. Um, also I want to recommend a podcast episode I thought was really good. Uh, there's a podcast called the small scale life and, um, it's a great little podcast. I don't, you know, some of them don't appeal to me, but this last episode he did really, I really enjoyed it. And it was season two, episode 24 urban farming in Dallas with Michael Bell was the title of it. Uh, check out small scale life podcast i'll put a link in the show notes to that podcast episode i thought it was really good um if you i'm telling you uh space shouldn't limit you i mean even if you live in town you should be growing a lot of food and this person's not just growing his own food but he's selling food he's farming he's making money from a little piece of land in an urban area uh doing the work so check it out i thought it was an interesting podcast episode so uh, there you go. As usual, I want to thank everybody who makes this podcast possible uh, by uh, using our Amazon affiliate link or uh, those who encourage us by uh, leaving an iTunes review uh, and sharing this podcast. I really appreciate that. Again, the show notes for this episode can be found at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 67. And I thank you for listening. I want to tell you, we got some big things coming here in the next couple months. And I don't want to, I mentioned this on the last episode and I don't want to give into it too much, but if you've been to the website, you might see some, things that's been changing slowly you can't see all everything yet but uh, if you're a fan of the modern homesteading podcast and the work of smalltownhomestead.com some of the things we're doing the community building we're doing uh, you might be excited about some things that are coming down down the pike here and uh, uh, I look forward to, to having you be a part of it uh, that's about almost a little teaser there but it might even take a couple months before we're really launching everything but I've been working hard uh, to put something together here and uh, it's going to be could be quite a game changer for me and for anybody else who, who really wants to be part of this, uh, what we're doing here. So, uh, just keep that in mind. Hey, I do appreciate you so much listening. And, uh, I hope you'll join the, the uh, homestead front porch and join us there. Love having new members in there. And, uh, until next time, happy homesteading. God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.